Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, it is Corey Poirier and I'm excited to be back with a latest in our interview series. It's kind of an ongoing, I'll call it the ongoing interview series. Uh, I'm thousands deep now, so I'm pretty sure the interviews uh, will continue to come. But I'm super stoked to have a guest on here. We've had him on in, in the past on our Blue Talks event quite a while back. But one of the cool things is, and we'll talk about this, is I think... I probably listened to other than newer ones in the last few months. I've listened to every episode of his podcast in relation to launches I've done. Uh, I don't know if that you know puts me in the the top fan category, but as far as of the podcast. But uh, Chandler Bolt, I'm super stoked to have you here. I honestly can say yours is one of those few podcasts I can say that actually changed the way I did things, and I'll even talk in the book world about a couple of things I did that I learned on your show. So Chandler, so excited to have you here today. And instead of reading a bio, what we usually do is get the guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. Uh, so Chandler, can you tell us a little bit about yourself for those that may be discovering you for the first time? And then of course, we'll dive in deeper anyway. Yeah, I appreciate that, Corey. Um, so uh, my name is Chandler. I host a self-publishing school podcast, which is podcast you just mentioned, um, run a company called Self-Publishing School and, uh, and also selfpublishing.com. Um, so we, we believe that books change lives. Books change the lives of readers, right? We've all, had, we've all had our life changed by reading a book, or pretty much everyone has. And, but they also change the lives of authors. So we exist to help authors write and publish a book that grows their impact, their income, and their business if they have one. Uh, and we've helped, gosh, about 6,000 people publish a book um, over the or, or, or about six thousand books published, I guess I should say, um, over the last six and a half, going on seven years. Um, so we publish about two books every single day: eat, live, breathe, sleep books, um, and believe that you know books change lives. Wow, I mean, amazing. First of all, I mean, six thousand that blows my mind. I mean, you have almost published as many or published or worked with as many books as I have done interviews. And most people say, <laughs> "Wow!" I, I, people will say to me, like John Lee Dumas, an entrepreneur on fire, said, "Corey, you're the only person I've had on the show that's interviewed more people than me." You know, just to put some significance on that. Yeah. And Chandler, you've almost hit the exact same number I've done with interviews with releasing books, which seems even more crazy. So I just got to put that out there. That's. In- I appreciate that. Yeah. Our students do the work. We're we're just the guide. <laughs> I get it. Uh, they're still- the ones writing and writing and doing the hard work of getting the getting the books written and published. That's still a lot of guidance. So I I like it. And what I wanted to ask first and foremost then is 
I mean, and this is maybe jumping right in when we talk about things like influence and uh, creating your following and finding your ideal client and all that kind of good stuff. I feel like one of the things that you've done really well is really, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll say both versions, but niche or niche, you know, depending on which way a person says mm -hmm. it. I know we say the riches are in the niches, so I'll say niche. Uh, but you've really niched it into the book world, it seems like. And was my question out of that is, is that the case? I think I know the answer. But also, was that intentional? Is that by design? Who? Uh, yes, that's the case. Uh, I don't know that it was that intentional. I mean, I think for a lot of people, this is actually something I'm pretty passionate about, um, is a lot of people, they avoid doubling down on something because they're worried about getting pigeonholed into that thing. They're like, oh, I don't want to be the so-and-so person. So, But then they end up just being known for nothing. So kind of, I mean, I just tongue-in-cheek, I'll just say, call me whatever you want as long as you call me. Um, and and and, but really, like with you know, it's kind of a joke. But but with book stuff, it's like, okay, I, I want to do something for so long and at such a high level that I'm known for something. Now, after I got into it, it was like, oh wow, um, hindsight 2020, like beneficial that all the or a lot of the most successful people on the planet write and publish books. So it's like, oh, if I just know this one skill set, I can get in the room with just about anyone because they. Well, at some point need help with this thing. And so, you know, that, but that wasn't like, oh, my master plan is I'm going to get good at this so that I can then get in those rooms. But I think it just goes to show if you, if you double down on something, um, enough people will need help with that thing and it, it, and it can open doors for you. I, I, I love it. And I want to, you know, follow that up with asking you this question because I get asked, and it's kind of funny because I didn't double down in niching in books at all, but I get asked probably three questions a day about the book world. And what I find interesting is I get that many questions, and yet I talk to a lot of authors and say, oh, I, I just wrote the book. Now, they've never done a book before. And they're like, on the marketing, oh, I got that covered. I've written a brilliant book. And so I think some people think that it's it's not a complex industry. And I find my, my experience is the book business can be as complex as you make it be, and it can also be easier. But I think there's a lot to it that a lot of people don't realize, like little nuances that you can do to make all the difference with a book that people miss out on because they say, I say, I know it all and or, and or I've written a great book so people will come. Would you say that uh, for most people, it's not the case that if you write a book, everybody's going to come and tell everybody about it? Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's not the case. If you build it, they will not come. You have to tell them about it. <laughs> and and so many authors, like, it's exactly what you said. It's just, they, the, 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 for a lot of people, the writing the book is a lot more fun than the marketing the book. Uh, and therefore, they just don't market the book. Well, I mean, that's why, you know, self-published books on, on, you know, sell on average. I think it's, or not, maybe it's not the average, but most most self-published books sell less than 100 copies, which is just horrendous. It's like, oh my gosh, you put all this hard work into this books to sell less than 100 copies. Like, that's not good. But people will either think, oh, I don't need to market or I will pay someone to do the marketing for me. And so I think those are the, just two of the biggest, uh, or, you know, two of the potentially most toxic assumptions that people make. Um, I, and I talk about this in my upcoming book. It's, it's a second edition of my book published, but it, it's, and it's that you get, you've got to become friends with Sam, uh, which is, which is sales and marketing. <laughs> And I, I and I I relate to this, you know. My business was failing, and 
um, I was just, you know, I dropped out of school to try to get my business off the ground and it wasn't working. And I remember going to a couple mentors and saying, Hey, what am I doing wrong? And they said, Chandler, you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta become friends with Sam. I'm like, oh, wait, what? Who's Sam? And and they said, sales and marketing. And I said, well, you know, that's, that's great advice, but there's only one problem. I don't like sales and marketing. So what else you got? Um, <laughs> and they're like, well, no, no, it doesn't matter if you like it, you have to learn it. And so that would be my message to, to authors if, is it doesn't matter if you like it, you have to learn it. If you believe in the message of this book, and if you believe that people's lives will be better because they've read it, well, it is your moral obligation to do everything within your power to get that book in the hands of people that that book will help, right? And to do that, what do you got to do? You got to learn sales and marketing. Like it, 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 you're not just going to put it out there uh, and, and people come beating on your door to buy it. And now I guess the, you know, when we talk about that and we think about the marketing of a book, you know, when, when I listen, for example, to your show, one of the things I notice is it's not flooded with New York Times bestselling authors, yet we all think that's like the, you know, the be all end all. If you have, don't have a New York Times bestselling book, uh, you haven't made it, let's say. And what's interesting is just three weeks, maybe three and a half weeks ago, just before he started his big launch, uh, Jeff Walker was on and we were talking about his book. And he said if he had his time back, which is really weird to say after you already have a New York Times bestselling book. But he said if he had his time back, he probably wouldn't have gunned for the list. Like he said, that's interesting. And, and he said he yeah. wouldn't go again. He wouldn't actually go for it again. He yeah. said, once, and the truth is, once you've made it, you have the title forever. <laughs> but he said the, yeah. the amount of work that went into it for the return, he said, I don't know if it if it made sense. He also said he wouldn't fulfill the books anymore himself either because he did the free plus shipping that we, a lot of us know about, but he handled yeah. all the fulfillment. And he said, we, we were building a new business to do that fulfillment. But the reason I bring all yeah. this up, Chandler, is we always hear the holy grail. Everybody says New York Times list. And yeah. yet I see so many authors that are highly successful building a back-end business without ever making that list. And I don't even yeah. know, I might be, I, I don't know this answer you would because of uh, the him being on the show, but Russell Brunson's three books. I mean, I'm with the same publisher for one of my books mm -hmm. and I know they, he's sold hundreds of thousands of copies, but I don't, did he, is he even on the list? I, I don't think he has made the list. Um, don't quote me on that because I feel like I asked him because, you know, they kept Jeff Walker off the list, but then Jeff had such a big audience that he just reloaded um, for week two and, 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 and made the list in week two. But I think what I would speak to that, uh, Corey, is so basically there's two types of lists and there's four main bestseller lists. And there's two, the two types, there's merit based and there's editorial, right? Mm -hmm. So merit means number of books sold. Editorial is, um, you know, it's editor chooses the books that are on that. Now there's all, there's a whole range of like best, whatever books or, you know, like of, you know, obviously editorial lists, but then I would say the New York times is one of the lists where it's an editorial list that almost disguises as a merit based list. Mm -hmm. um, but, and so at the end of the day, editors choose what books are on there. Now it is directionally related to number of books. sold pretty closely. So I'd say, you know, it's maybe 70% merit, 30% editorial, um, you know, just a made up percentage, but kind of like the, in the ballpark of that. And, and so th those are the two types of lists, but then you have four actual lists or at least four main lists. You got uh, New York times, uh, New York times, you got USA today, you got wall street journal and you got Amazon bestseller. Right. And, and so I think a lot of times when people think becoming a bestseller, they think New York times, but mm -hmm. I, for most authors, I just wouldn't recommend that as a goal. 
You got to sell eight, seven, seventy five hundred to twelve thousand copies in week one. It has to be a mix of all these different things that the New York Times will never tell you. But um, it, you know, it's it's bulk sales, small bookstores, like a bunch of stuff that would just bore people to tears if I went into the details. Um, but <laughs> uh, but so for most people, it just doesn't. It's not a worthwhile goal. What I would look at instead is number of reviews and number of units sold. Like those are the two most important things in some ways. And this is like a little bit, uh, I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily agree with this, but number of reviews for me is like one of the biggest uh, North stars um, and most important numbers to track because that helps your book sell well long-term. Cause if it, you know, if I sold 10,000 copies in week one, but I got 50 reviews, well then my book's not going to sell long-term because we were like, oh, this book's only got 50 reviews. I'm not going to buy it. But if my book has 1,000, 2,000 reviews, well, then people see that and they're like, wow, okay, this must be a great book um, and I'm going to buy it. So the long, it helps the long tail and long-term sales for the book. So that's kind of why I wouldn't go after the New York Times bestseller list and then what I, what I would focus on instead. No, that's awesome. And, and part of my question, which you've, you've answered it, is really kind of to distill the myth that you have to go after the list, you know, oh, and, and yeah, no. you, you see so many people on, on your podcast, for instance, that have built multi-million dollar businesses and yes. in some cases haven't probably been on other than Amazon, haven't been on those other three lists. And yet, you know, in other words, I don't think they determine whether or not you have success with your book. Or <laughs> no, and it, they don't. And cause you know, Stephen Covey would say, begin with the end in mind, right? What's, what's your goal. And, um, the, all these frameworks are fresh because I'm, I'm working on the second edition of, uh, or I just finished the second edition of, of published in my, my next book. But I talk about kind of there, there's four paths to making money from your book, right? There's, um, we'll see if I can remember these. Um, but there's, there's the full-time author. So this is someone who wants to make money strictly from royalties, right? Then there is uh, the freelance author, which this is someone who wants to write books, but also really just wants to be a full-time writer and can do freelance writing in tandem with book royalties. Um, then there's kind of the, the business builder, right? So this is someone who wants to use a book to grow your business, which this is, that, that's like, in my opinion, the most lucrative and the, the best, most direct path for people who want to do that is you, you use your book to get more leads, sales, and referrals. Um, and, and then number four is, is, is like the speaking author. And so that's, you know, that's someone who wants to use books to grow their speaking business. And then that's kind of like a, a virtuous cycle of the bigger the book gets, the more speaking gigs you get, the more speaking gigs you get, you can sell books as at, at those speaking gigs or build that into your speaking fee, which helps feed. And then, so that's kind of like the, the, the flywheel of book sales for the speaking author. But those are really the four kind of paths and none of those paths care what, if you hit the, the uh, a bestseller list, right? It, it's, it's, are, are people buying the book? And more importantly, and this was um, Phil Jones uh, came on the self-publishing school, I guess, talked about this concept, which I thought was really interesting, which was, he said, I, I focus on number of readers, not number of book buyers, because the number of readers is the most important thing. Cause that, th those are people, they can't recommend your book if they first, if they haven't first read it. <laughs> and, and so that as the North stars, how do I get as many people as possible to read my book? I thought that's really interesting. And that, that, that flows into a lot of the philosophy that I have, which is um, in a lot of cases, giving away my book for free um, as part of promotions or, or things like that, because it, it's, it, it spreads a methodology um, for my business. And 
I'm either getting free leads or I'm getting paid to get leads and, and they're quality leads from people who have, who have uh, read the book. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm going to uh, mention one of the things that I learned from your show. And I, I would love to say that I still, I, I, again, it wasn't, it's not current fresh, fresh mind now, but whenever I was doing a previous launch and I'd listened to all the episodes, I could probably tell you almost the minute that the person said it and exactly who said it, of course, but somebody shared one of the things they did, it might've been Pat Flynn, but I'm reaching to say that, but somebody shared that what they do is in the front of the book in the first couple of pages, they have a thing that says, basically, thanks for picking up the book as a, as a thank you. I want to give you a free copy of whatever yeah. and to build your email list from your book. But yep. one of the things I thought was so brilliant with that, which I think the person even explained this. That's me. Was it you? Yeah, that's that's actually, yeah, 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 for sure. And, and said about how the fact that people can read the certain amount of pages on Amazon. So make sure it's like on page whatever, two or three. And I've had Chandler at least every week since I released one of my books specifically. Uh, it's a book with a publisher. So I don't even know who's buying the book. But yet every week I have people signing up to that newsletter from it started five years ago almost. And what's really intriguing is I've had people grab. So what I give away is the audiobook. And which I know is really against type as well, because usually you'd want to sell and make that extra money or the audiobook would be more, but I've, I've given it away. What's interesting is I've had so many people say, Corey, I grabbed the audiobook. Thanks for giving it away for free. I've since gone and bought the book, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, so that means you got it somehow through Amazon or something for free and then went and bought yep. the book. So even though I gave yep. something for free, they still went and yes. bought the book. Yes. So at this point, you give it away for free. There's still probably people that'll go, I'm going to buy this for Jimmy. I need to yeah. get this book for Jimmy. Yes. Or, or they're just like, hey, I, I, I realize I kind of like loophole this thing and I, I want to just say thanks to the author or I want to read it in a different format. And so and so not only are you getting paid to get leads at that point, um, but you're getting the book in more people's hands. Absolutely. So I just, you know, I want to give you credit then because I couldn't remember who said it. And yeah. I, I just knew that I heard it on your I heard it through you. And yeah. that that's one thing. Like, for instance, I don't know the number. But I feel like I looked it up recently, but I think it was like in the last year, like last 12 months, it was like 400 people signed up for my newsletter. But this is from a book I released five years ago. You know, so that's and, and I'm not doing with that one book yeah. because it's with a publisher. <clears throat> they're doing a lot of the marketing. I mean, I'll, I'll take that back a step. I, I pretty much had to do almost all the marketing for the book. But what I mean is they're the ones that are at least distributing it. And because of that, I don't get to see who's buying it. But. Now, if I, you know, whatever the number is, if 400 people signed up for my newsletter from that, at least I can market to those people with the next book. And so I just, I just love that strategy. That was, that was huge for me. And by the way, I, I share it to people and I always say I heard it on your show, but now I can say I heard it was from Chandler. I just, I yeah. said I heard it on self-publishing school and uh, I've shared that and people, their eyes light up. They're like, I've never would have thought of that. Yeah. So now at least that, I give that's, a, that's a that's a fan favorite too. I talk about that in in the um in the next book too. It's like that's kind of the and that was part of the the doing this this next version of the second edition of the book is like to kind of stake uh stake ideas that are out there that are like we've originated that it's like all right let's put our stamp on this and let's package it all in one place. Love it. Well, let me ask you this too. A question I get. I mentioned I get questions every week about books. One of the questions I get often is, should I go with a publisher or should I self-publish? And what I find interesting is sometimes they'll say to me, should I go with like a HarperCollins or Penguin or should I self-publish? And my question to them back is, do you have a, a, have you had a conversation? <laughs> yeah, no, no. And I'm like, so you're just, you're just asking the question, should I agree to publish with them? Because it's not necessarily that easy. And then I'll say, I'll, if I know them well, I'll say, well, you know, have you built your list? No, I don't have an email list yet. 
What kind of follower do you have? And they have very little followers. And they're like, should I go to HarperCollins? Well, that may not even be a choice for you. But having said that, Chandler, what do you tell people whenever they ask you, should I go with a traditional publisher? Should I self-publish? Should I go with a hybrid publisher? What's your normal answer on that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, for 99.9% .9 of people, it makes more sense to self-publish. Um, and that's not, that's not just because I've, you know, run self-publishing school and selfpublishing.com, right? It's, it's, unless you have an audience, you will not get a book deal uh, or an advance. So the only exception to the rule of 99.9% .9 self-publish is if you have a massive audience and you can get a big advance. And then, and only then is there really, should there be a side-by-side -side comparison uh, where you say, all right, I've got this publisher going to give me a hundred thousand dollar advance. Um, or I could self-publish. And then at that point, you're really coming, it comes down to four things. So there's distribution. So it used to be the only way that you sold books were to get into bookstores. Um, the only way you get into bookstores is, is to, to have publisher, right? Well, now 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon. Um, and so, it, and you don't need a publisher to publish on Amazon. So that's kind of largely a non-factor. Some people still are like, hey, I want my book in Barnes and Noble and that sort of thing. And I get that. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Um, but as far as like, beyond the ego of it, um, it it's not going to move a ton of books. Um, and so that distribution, but then there's royalty rates. How much does it cost and how long does it take? So I'll just move through this really quickly. Cause again, for 99.9% .9 of people, it just makes more sense to self-publish, but royalty rates, traditional published eight to 12% per book, self-published 20 to 70% per book. So you're talking a dollar to two and two to six or seven, depending on the format type of book, right? So that's a big difference in how much you'll get per book. Now, how much does it cost? Obviously, if you can get a traditional publishing deal, they're covering the cost for you in exchange for lower royalty rates. Then you mentioned hybrid or vanity publishing is some, what some people call it. Um, so that's kind of like you can pay someone in a lot of cases to publish your book. Um, so it might be five, 10, 15, $30,000 um, or uh, you know, it, 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 they're just kind of all over the place, but um, so that's kind of your middle ground. And then if you're self-publishing um, you're obviously covering the cost yourself. So there's three main costs. There's editing, cover design, formatting. Those are kind of your three main costs. Um, those, I mean, if you don't know what you're doing five to 15 grand, if you do know what you're doing as little as a few hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks. Um, that's, that's one of the ways we save people money at self-publishing schools. We have exclusive discounts with kind of all those people, but that's your cost. And then time it's two years with the traditional publisher, self-published. It might take you a year. It might take you a decade, right? Depending on how, how self-disciplined you are. <laughs> um, and then we, you know, with our <laughs> students, it usually takes them somewhere between nine to 15 months. Um, and I think it's, we're right at about 70% of our students, write and publish your book in less than a year. So those are kind of like all the factors to just say that 99.9% .9 of people, I mean, it, it just makes more sense to self-publish. Yeah. I, I love that you went through that. And just to even, I kind of, I guess, sort of back up why I went with a publisher, I'll add in, I'm a part of in some form or another, you know, some co-author, but over half my own books uh, close to 16 books. So when I say I went with a publisher, I want people to, you know, to realize it's not that I'm saying I, I'm with a traditional publisher for all my books. I basically, and I always say to people, it comes back to what is your goal with the book? And you hit a key thing for me with that one specific book. First of all, I wanted to go the publisher route so I could say I went there route and understand it. 
Secondly, though, uh, it was a style of book I felt I wouldn't build a back-end business off, but it could change lives. So it could be like similar to the Four Agreements or the Alchemist. Not saying, you know, not saying as far as the caliber of what that book, those books did, but in terms of the style of book, I felt it was a for everybody book. And so I like the idea of trying to get that book into the Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble, uh, all that kind of stuff. And but I did it for one book specifically, and none of my other books are with a publisher. In fact, totally. I self-published multiple times since yeah. that book. So I just wanted example. to clarify. It was the, yeah. the distribution was the reason. Yeah, for sure. And 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 that's the important thing, right? Is no matter which decision you make, um, just know know the decision that you're making and be intentional about it, which you were, right? So it's like. Oh, cool. This is the strategic reason I'm doing this and I'm choosing to take this path. Let's do that. Uh, yeah, and, and but know what you're doing and or, or know know your options and then and then be intentional. Hundred percent. Well, and I was gonna uh, add as well, um, or I guess you know, go one step further with that. And I love what you said, by the way, about if you know what you're doing, you can shorten those costs a lot, which you guys can help people do. But I love another thing you said there, Chandler, which most people won't say is most people I find find helping people with their books the the newest thing the newest craze always now is get your book done in 24 hours get your book out in three days and all that kind of stuff and that concerns me just personally not not you know it doesn't affect me but it, per, it personally concerns me because of the quality of the books that result i mean yeah. had there been brilliant books written in a week maybe but i i don't know many of them you know yeah. you look at the movie rocky rocky i guess he wrote that movie sylvester in a weekend but that's an anomaly you know, I have yeah. a good friend of mine, uh, James Redfield, wrote Celestine Prophecy. It took him years, and he had 50 people that he sent that book to to get their take on it at various stages. I mean, it took him years to write the book. And, you know, the results, I mean, not saying you're going to have the same results as him, but 30 million copies sold. So, yeah. you know, because he wrote a good book first. I think you have to have a remarkable right. product. So I love that you're realistic and said, you know, it, it, usually under a year, but close to a year. And you're not yeah. saying, hey, you can have your book out in three days. Yeah. Well, because if you want to sell books long term, it needs to be a good book. Um, and and they're not it, it, needing to be a good book does not mean it has to take a long time. Like those are uh, correlated often, but not uh, like, like correlation versus causation. Um, it, you know, it, just taking a long time doesn't mean the book's going to be good. Right. Absolutely. And and you can write a great book. And you know, I feel I, I'm, I'm, we, we always say it's like as little as 90 days. It's like, you can write and publish a book, but that is blazing fast. I'm, I'm doing it right now to show that it can be done. And I'm, I'm going for about a hundred days. And I know it took me about, I want to say it was 49 days to write what I feel like was a very quality rough draft. Um, and then I'll, I will go from picking up the pen, so to speak, to publishing the book in about a hundred days. Um, but that, I mean, that is blazing fast and I've done it multiple times, right? So um, you can do it. it. It doesn't have to take a long time and you can do it quicker. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to make sure that you write a quality book. Yeah, I think that's a key thing. And, and again, I'm just, uh, from my end, I'm just like, that's, that's great that you're sharing something like that versus what I see so often now, which is again, you know, I, I in a hundred days, I would love to see that, but I see so many people yeah. saying like, write a book this weekend, release it next week. And, yeah. and you know, again, I'm just like, I don't can't imagine what that book's going to look like. And I'm yeah. not going to say it's not always the case. Now I will say, if you're going to write a book that quickly, then I would say double down on having the best editor in the world, at least, yes. you know, so that you can yeah. write a crap, maybe you can write a crappy draft yeah. in, in a week, but 
make sure you have somebody that's going to go through that multiple times and do a great job I editing. Agree. I agree. So this brings up another question. Since you're you're helping people with self-published books, this is another part, uh, you know, when you're with a publisher, for instance, the publisher I was with, they gave me the choice uh, because it was already done professionally with an editor. They said, you, you can, we can pay for an editor. You can pick your own editor. They gave me a few different options. And, mm -hmm. um, but they had recommendations and said, here's the editors we recommend. My question yeah. is with a publisher, one of the benefits, I guess, is that, you know, chances are they're going to have, have a pretty big focus on making sure your book is edited well. But when you're doing it self-published, it's the Wild West. And so mm -hmm. what do you recommend people? I mean, obviously, the, the easiest recommendation is to work with you guys, and then you guys are going to yeah. help through this. But if somebody is doing it on their own or they're right at that stage now, when it comes to editor, editing, and I know we kind of alluded to it, but how important is it to select a solid editor? Yeah, so when I was, uh, when I was growing up, one of my mentors, he said, Chandler, there's, there's two things in business that you can never spend too much money on, a good lawyer and a good accountant. He said, "A good lawyer and a good accountant—they will be worth their weight and go. Like you can't, you—it's not possible to pay too much for a good one because of the money that they will save you and make you over the long term. Uh, and I feel pretty similarly about a good editor and a good cover designer for your book. It's the, like those are two things where it is not an expense; it's an investment. Um, your your a good editor will make your book so much better." <laughs> Um, I just, you know, finished editing the draft of, or, or I just finished editing my book. Um, and I worked with two editors um, and, 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 and really, I, I just wanted to make sure that it was very, that it was a quality product. And, and, and similarly, I mean, your, your book cover, it's a, your, your book covers a billboard for your book. Right. And so it needs to grab attention and it needs to get people to take action. So uh, I'm amazed at how many people will spend years writing a great book and then they'll spend five minutes and five dollars on a cover right and and it's just it's a first impression people say don't judge the books by their cover right but we all judge books by their cover <laughs> and so you need to have a good one and a good book cover needs to grab attention and so those are two things i'd say um invest money uh to hire someone good hire a good designer hire a good editor so chandler we're down to the last uh, few questions I wanted to ask you about, since we talked, you mentioned about the cover, so I didn't have to ask you about that. Uh, we've talked about the editor and, and even the importence of a, a formatter and having, and you're going to end mm -hmm. up having to have somebody format it. Uh, but what about title? And obviously when I'm yeah. asking, I'm not asking, is the title important? Because I think we all know it yeah. is. But is, is there anything you guys recommend to yeah. people when they're trying to come up with a title? No doubt. I've, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a whole chapter in the new book about coming up with the, your best-selling book title. So it's... Uh, so the, there's uh, there's a lot of things on this, but um, I'd say the um, number the the on a bumper sticker, clear not clever. Okay, so many people try to get clever with their title. It needs to be clear. Your prospect or potential reader needs to instantly understand what the book's about and whether or not it's for them. So that's the most important thing right out of the gate. Is if I glance at your cover and your title and subtitle, and I don't understand what the book's about. Um, you failed with your title and, and, and subtitle and cover. So that's, that is the litmus test of a good title, subtitle cover. And then beyond that, I'd say, you know, one piece of encouragement for people is in so many people, they go into what I call title land. And so they just say like, Oh, I got to come up with a title. Like I need to go to this mystical faraway place of creativity to like come up with this genius, alliterative, uh, you know, work of art. And, and what I would recommend instead is find someone who is your ideal reader, 
So this is the person you're like, okay, I, I want, I wrote this book for this person. Um, I want them, uh, this, this book is gonna be helpful for them. And then record yourself explaining the book to them for two to five minutes. Um, what's, what's it, what's it about? How is it going to help them? Why should they buy it? And then your title is in there. So, so many times with our students to self-publish school, they'll, they'll come to me with a, a title or subtitle and I'm like, ah, this isn't, this isn't totally it. Um, tell me what's your book about? And they'll just explain it for 60 seconds. It's like, oh, you just said, you just said that one thing. It was so specific and clear. That's what your, that's your book title. It's right there. So your title is in the explanation to another person. Almost always it's somewhere in there. And now sure. It might be a wordsmith version of that. Um, but record yourself actually, actually explaining the book, uh, and then be clear, not clever. I love that. Clear, not clever. I, I'll, I won't forget that at all. That's an amazing tip. That's uh, what, what John Lee Dumas call it. Uh, uh, what a goal, a knowledge bomb. I think he called it. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, is that I, I'm trying to remember now. It's been such a long time, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's a, it's something like that. So you just deliver one of those, whichever whatever word I'm trying to search for there. Uh, but that you know that's one of the ones I won't forget. So uh, Chandler, I, my I have two last questions. One uh, is going to be a question. It's a question I ask everybody, but it's not as related to books. But the last question related to books, and you know we barely scratched the surface. I could go so many directions. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, but I'm gonna put it all into one question. I'm going to ask you, are there, if you were talking to somebody uh, hanging out over coffee and you said, look, I know you got a new book coming out. Here's two or three things that could change the game for you. Needle movers, whatever we want to call them. I was going to ask you about uh, joint venture partners. That's the part I was going to ask. Cause I know that's yeah. such a huge uh, thing. If you have the ability to do that and if you have the partners and all that kind of stuff, but is there, whether it's joint venture partners or anything that comes to your mind, are there one or two or three things you think of that, move the needle that everybody should be doing? Yeah. I mean, the number one most important thing is um, to create a launch team. So it's a small group of people that support your book. Excuse me. Um, it could be five people, 15 people, 50 people, maybe more. Um, and it's very simple. Like all I ask them to do is read the book ahead of time and leave a review on day one. I, and, and there's other stuff they can do beyond that, but that's the most important thing. And then they'll get a free digital copy of the book. Um, and sometimes I'll put their name in the digital copy of the book as a thank you. Um, but it, it, so the, the launch team, if you do nothing else, do that. I'd say probably second would be, um, podcast interviews, um, as, as, uh, to, to, to drive book sales. And then maybe a third, I've got a lot of kind of core things, um, in our, in our book launch checklist, um, but long-term is I would say setting up Amazon ads. That's less of a launch week thing and more of a selling books beyond your launch thing. And now do you, I mean, so this is a follow-up for me and I'm thinking for people that want to learn how they can work with you, does your team, and I think I probably know the answer to this, but I never assume stuff. So does your team help people with Amazon ads, like in terms of what's working now or even Facebook ads, if you go that route, but I know Facebook ads I've heard don't, you know, it's, it, the results aren't as good it's for tougher. books, but, yeah. but do you guys help people with that in terms of what's working? Cause these, when it yeah, comes to sure. ads, it's always changing, right? So yeah, I, yeah it is, it is changing and, and you need to be changing with it. So it's one of those things that's hard to crack the code, but once you crack the code, it's one of the most consistent and predictable sources of long-term book sales. Um, and so, yeah, we, 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 you know, we, we teach that in our Sell More Books program. I also, it's in one of the chapters in the new book. Um, I go through kind of like the fundamentals um, of, 
you know, I, I call it the three T's of a successful ad campaign. Um, so you've got ad type, you've got ad targeting, uh, and then you've got ad tactics. So how you, so it's like your type target, um, sorry, your, um, um, your, your type, your targeting and your tactics. And so how do you get as specific as possible and kind of go through those and, and, uh, and set up ads to convert with a big asterisk that I've already said, which is it's, it's hard to crack the code. Um, but once you do, it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's as with everything in marketing, it's, you're not just going to, most marketing tests fail, um, but you have to fail uh, on nine out of 10 of the tests to find the one that works. And then you keep that one going and then you go test 10 more and you find one more that works and you go test 10 more. And so, I mean, that is marketing uh, as much as, we don't want it to be. I don't want it to be that. Uh, and I have had a lot of marketing ideas um, that our you know, customers and prospects have voted with their wallets and said, that's not a great idea. Um, <laughs> and so you got you to gotta look at the data, you got to test and then uh, iterate and improve. Love it. And so I said, I want to ask you a question that's not necessarily as book related, uh, but I like to ask every person I interview this question. I've tried to be religious with that more recently, but I call it the time machine question which probably tells you where I'm going right away. Mm -hmm. But I just want to ask you, Chandler, if you could jump into a time machine, go back and talk to a younger version of yourself, and you could take the approach personally or around books, uh, but you could give that younger Chandler some life advice. What do you think you might tell him? People aren't thinking about you um, as much as you think they are. And so you're worried about what other people think, and they're worried about what they, what people think about them. And so uh, try more things, fail more often, uh, and stop doing things to please other people. Wow. I love it. Succinct and powerful all at the same time. So I, I, you know, this is the, maybe the most important question of all. It's the unofficial one, but as far we talked about the fact that you have a book coming out, uh, right now. Um, you know, also I'm sure people would love to know more about, do you guys, uh, open the door for enrollment certain times a year or how does that work? So really what I'm asking is how can people work with you and what are the next steps for people? Cool. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to, so I've got this book coming out on December 14th. So depending on if, when you're listening to this or watching this, that may have already happened or it may be coming up. So um, it, what I would say is I'd love to give 50 copies for free um, to this audience. So, um, and, and so uh, you don't even have to pay shipping and handling anything like literally uh, give me your address and I will pay to print and ship a book to your door. Um, so uh, what we'll do there is um, if you go to publishedbook.com forward slash Corey, okay? And so you guys know Corey's name is spelled C-O-R-E-Y. So publishedbook.com forward slash Corey, that's C-O-R-E-Y. Um, go there, fill out the form. Um, and like I said, I'll, first 50 people, um, I will ship you a copy of the book for free. Um, just as my way to say thanks. Um, for for checking out um, this interview and uh, and being a fan of Corey, so uh, it, it, you can find a free copy of the book there. Um, and then if you're interested in chatting with us about what it looks like to work with us at Self Publishing School, um, you can just go to self-publishingschool.com forward slash apply and book a call with us there. That's also on the thank you page if you go claim your free book. So either way, you'll end up on um, that page. You can book a call with the team and um, see if it makes sense to work together. Amazing. Well, that I mean, that gift is, I have to say, we've been given a lot of gifts for our guests over the years, but 50 books, I haven't, I haven't had that one yet. And, and we give out when we do our Blue Talks events and stuff, we usually give out like 10 books over three days. 
I don't yeah. even think we've hit 50. We may have hit <laughs> 20, Chandler. So hey, I'm putting the bill. I think I'm. I'll, I think I'm gonna probably regret it in December when I get the bill for all these books that I'm shipping. But uh, uh, get get it while <laughs> well, I'm still uh, not in my right mind, <laughs> and and still not realizing how much it's gonna cost you. <laughs> I love it. Well, and and Chandler, uh, it's 50 either way. So uh, you probably won't mind this, but I'm saying this now, and for people that are that they might have gotten here this way. Uh, but I'm going to make sure I double down and send it to my newsletter a couple of times as well uh, to drive people there because I want everybody to take advantage of that. I'll make sure that sure. we have a couple of um, closed groups as well with hundreds of cool. people in it that are all influencers. A lot of them writers are wanting to become writers. So I'll push the word out, my friend, because that's a hugely generous offer. So I appreciate Thank you. So Thank you so much, Chandler. And with your permission, again, to be continued because we barely scratched the surface. Yes, sir. Thank you, Corey. Always a pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.